and welcome to episode 73 of Slaytanic Vercast. I'm Mo from France, and to my west, broadcasting live from Prince Andrew's Twitter account manager's office, is Dr. Liquid. So, say do, Doc. I'm satiated. Are you? I've eaten well today. Oh, good. Go ahead. Tell us more. Well, the, the, there were. I was pretty famished when, when, when I got here, mm. and there was warm meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now I'm not famished. Okay, yeah. Um, there's, there's there's vague signs of I don't know humans doing whatever humans do mm. in here, but mm. it mattered not the slightest bit to me. Are they um, are they nubile humans by any chance, Doc? Oh well, they're regurgitated. They're regurgitated skeletons now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I wasn't. I wasn't quite feeling myself when I got here. You know, the 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 animal instinct was just going eat, eat, eat. So yeah. I did. Right. Do you feel better? Um, oh, much better. So, uh, uh, are you able to tell? Since 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 you evidently guided me here, are you able mm-hmm. to tell me what they might have been doing and aren't anymore? Well, I think they might have been um, vessels for the pleasure and delectation. Of a, of a of a certain gentleman whose whose name I shall not uh, mention because it's by no way connected to the name that I mentioned at the beginning of this section. Um, just in case anybody's lawyers are listening, um, and they, they they may be being asked to do things against their will that they probably wouldn't delight in. Should we just say that, Doc? I have only the vaguest idea of what you're talking yeah, about. I am yeah. sorry. That's all right. That's all right. But anybody keeping up with the news might might have a, a glimmer of, of, of what I'm discussing. What, what have you been up to, Doc, besides, uh, besides your travels? Um, I've been constructing a new and fascinating machine. Good. Uh-huh. Um, a teleportation device? or No, 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 no. Um, it's a, a small force field generator. Mm. Um, and also a small optical illusion generator. What, what I'm hoping it will do is that for anything up to several weeks at a time, the force field generator will constrain my, 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 my luquescence into a vaguely human-shaped form. And the portable op- optical illusion generator will, will sort of apply the illusion of, of, of flesh and eyes and hair. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I'm fascinated because, I mean, if, if I can pull it off, uh, it'll mean I'll walk around and, and for anything up to several hours per day, per several weeks... I'll be able to not pass well, not pass close inspection, but I'd say pass for something approaching a human being. At the moment, Doc, how long are you able to kind of hold your human form before you have to dissolve into that kind of mushy gloop that I've, that I've seen, to my horror, more, more times than I wish to remember? Um, I'm not. Um, no. I, I mean, um, once, um, once the last of the mummy oil ran mm. out, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it took me a long time to get those those, those seven mummies. Yeah. And I, 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 I didn't realise that, um, you know, after dissolving the mummies um, in the semen of a thousand goats, um, and then obviously extracting the, 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 the mummy oil from that, you, yes. you only get a very, very small quantity. Right. Um, I, I, I ran out a good six or seven months ago. Oh, and, God. you know, just by, by force of will. And the thing is, I, I understand that this might appear even more disturbing to human beings. Um, I can sort of manage a bipedal form with a human face. Yeah. The human face kind of appears in my chest or my belly. Oh, dear. Um, dear, 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 dear. 
Let me thank you, Doc, for um, insisting on cameras off this evening because it sounds absolutely grotesque. Sometimes it's two feet wide as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely horrific, Doc. Let's get off the subject because you're making me feel bilious. Um, (laughs) How do you think (laughs) I feel? I know, I know, it's your life. You're you're there to suffer it. I don't don't feel bilious, I am bilious. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What what, have we been listening to, Doc? Come on. Well... Um, as you know, um, not, not exactly your fault, but your responsibility. I, I, I've embarked on a sort of ill-advised hypnotic drone odyssey for the last couple of weeks. Um, I do feel kind of responsible because I, I think I introduced the concept of drones back into your life. And since then, you've been totally fucking obsessed. It happens to me very yep. predictably about once every two years. Yeah. I, I, I feel the need to listen to drones, drones, and nothing but and more yeah. drones. And you're not talking about the like the flying things that people use remote controls for, are you, Doc? Well, they're quite nice to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I suppose they do drone in their own way, don't they? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. That, that, that's a <laughs> sound. It, it, are you telling me? I've never thought about this. Are you telling me that the, the drones are called drones because it's an onomatopoeia of sorts? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the the mechanical flying things are obviously named after the valueless um, castrated worker bees. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that don't actually do any work and don't do anything useful. Um, I know that expression has been used to describe a, 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 a pilotless flying vehicle since at least the 1940s. Well, okay. Um, but as to where that, uh, I, I presume that probably does derive from the fact that they, they drone and mm. nothing else. Mm. Mm. That's interesting, Doc. Go on then, hit me up. What, what particular drone-worthy music have you been... Uh pouring into your liquescent ears this week? Well, I've come right back to pretty much my, my introduction to the world of drones, mm. probably in 1988 or 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the legendary Spaceman 3 from the Playing With Fire album. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's the live version of the track Suicide because the studio version just doesn't drone enough for me. Fair enough. So as per your instructions, I've skipped forward to 1 minute 27. Uh, so we're going to hear it from that point on. Am I correct, Doc? Yes, we are. Here we go.
kept holding on because I was waiting for like the next riff to kick in. But then I remembered it's Spaceman 3 and that's not going to yes. happen, is it? No. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's, that's it for another 22 minutes. <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that kind of shit. Yeah. Just that kind of hypnotic pulse. Yes. Um, I, I can just listen to it all night, Doc. I absolutely love it. Um, what's the root of it, Doc? Have you got any, any knowledge on, on, on this front? You know, where, where, where's this stuff come from? Um, I, th- I think I'm really unwilling to, no, I'm not unwilling. If I'm going to give credit to the Beatles, mm. I want to make sure that um, I'm giving credit where credit is actually due. And on this occasion, I think it is, I think it was their sort of visits to India and their experimentations with Indian music. Um, and I suspect lots and lots of drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's probably their uh, collaborations with um, specifically George Harrison studying with Ravi Shankar and people like that mm-hmm. is probably how it made its way into uh, European American popular music. And then, as always, there's a cultural change and there's a technological change as well. And the introduction of things like oscillators. Mm. Um, and in those days, there would have been electric organs. There wouldn't have been synthesizers, meaning that you could you could play a sustained note indefinitely, yeah, without having to strum or without having to have any concept of attack or decay. Sure. Um, I heard a, a brilliant anecdote from, um, and I, I want to say it's Mont Bell or Mont Campbell, um, who I believe was in an early incarnation of the Soft Machine, um, and he said it came about for them at least, because the electric organ they had wouldn't stop, um, they couldn't stop it feeding back if they didn't play any notes. So the guy who played the organ just had to be playing something all the time, mm. otherwise the thing would start feeding back. I, I had a guitar like that once. I, th- I think it's a Weststone guitar. Yeah. Maybe my first or second ever guitar. Beautiful, um, beautiful kind of red Stratocaster kind of shape. Yeah. Um, I really, really liked it, you know, but but you, this motherfucker, you, you just could not stop it. it. It didn't matter how quiet the amp was, it would just feed back constantly. Now, whilst I know that that's your idea of heaven, Doc, sometimes you don't want to... <laughs> some, well, I think that's why God made phaser pedals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I was hearing a bit of wah-wah going on there as well, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, I think generally... if. If you have a guitar like that, you just need to form a psych drone band. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think you've got any choice. Yeah, that's great, Doc. Re- really, really. As always, Doc, I, I love your uh, selections. Um, here's mine for this week. I've been listening to a band called Demiricus. D-E-M-I-R-I-C-O-U-S, Demiricus. Um, I'm going to play a track called Appreciation for Misery from their album 2, open bracket, poverty, close bracket. Here we go.
Just really proficient, um, kind of deathy thrash, I suppose. Um, I think it's interesting you call it deathy thrash. I was going to say, is that would you call that metallic hardcore? Um, they're definitely classified as like thrash, oblique stroke, oblique stroke death metal. Um, they're American. They've only punked out two albums. I think they're. I think they're still. Uh, let me have a quick look. Oh yeah, the, the, the status is still set to active, but they've only actually released two albums. One, well, the first one's called One. Open brackets, Hellbound. Close brackets, and then the second album was is called Two. Open brackets, Poverty. Close brackets. In two thousand and two thousand, two thousand six, two thousand seven, respectively, they've released. Well, how about this? Look at this at the bottom of the page. Apparently, they've released, or they're about to release. Oh, how about this? So their third album is going to drop on May the 1st of this year. Mm-hmm. How tremendously exciting. There we go, Doc. Um, so, so, so they haven't put an album out in 15 years. Clearly, they're about to. Um, the funny thing is, these guys are on Slayer's radar, um, which is why I thought I really wanted to talk about them today. Um, I'm going to read you the... the, the start of an article, an interview actually, from uh, Blabbermouth. Um, the headline is, Slayer's Tom Araya wants to sue Demiricus for plagiarism. Um, so, okay. Metal Maniacs magazine recently conducted an interview with Slayer members Kerry King and Tom Araya, and a couple of excerpts from the chat follow. I'm, I'm just going to read you the first couple of bits. Uh, Metal Maniacs asked a question. Kerry, you're notorious for keeping up with many of the new extreme bands. Kerry said, I'd like to know more about who we should be touring with and stuff like that. I'm very selective. There's a lot of good bands out there, but there's a lot of bands that sound just like everybody else. I like the ones that are unique without sticking my foot in my mouth. My favourite new band is Demiricus, and they sound just like us. I love those guys. They're making up their own tunes, and yeah, they sound like us, but they're good songs. I saw them play, and they're out of control. It was great. And then Tom Chipson, Kerry was praising them, so I listed them, and I was thinking, can we sue somebody for plagiarism? Laughs in brackets. I even asked my manager that. I was like, quote, can we sue someone for sounding way too much like us? They're way too, ellipsis, way too slayer. Laughs. I even played it for someone and they said, quote, if I didn't know any better and you were singing, this would be Slayer. I'm not too hip on that. Metal Maniacs then said, uh, but can that kind of worship be flattering in a way? And Tom said, to me, it's not. Flattery is when someone creates something, but it's their own. When you fucking sound just like the band you love, that's not flattery. That's copyright infringement. Laughs. Now, here's the thing, Doc. I think, as always with Tom, he's got his tongue firmly in his cheek here. Um, You know, because otherwise, he's just been a total twat, isn't he? Well, uh, point number one, um, it wouldn't be the first time that a pathetic Slayer copyist band had appeared in the world, now would it? Yeah, sure. Um, Point number two, it's not like Slayer have been entirely guiltless of plagiarism in their little lives, now is it? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just ask uh, Rob Halford or uh, Steve Harris, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Or, That's a good point, Doc. Um, self-advertising here. Um, 
interested listeners, please go back and listen to the first 20 some odd episodes of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, too right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, um, I mean, that, that first album, they're, they're almost a, a Judas Priest cover band, aren't they? With bits of Crass and bits of The Exploited and bits of The Clash as well. Yeah, yeah, you got it done. Yeah, but, uh, I really, really like Demiru. Do, do, do you want to play our favourite game? Do you want to have, have a crack at uh, some lyrical themes? Oh, I actually thought you were going to say who, ask me who played the solos then. <laughs> that would that'd be um, far too unfair. Uh, we, we, we've got three. Uh, I, I, I'm going to come straight out of the box and go religion, war and violence. No, no. I'll, I'll give you two more, see if you can get, see if you can get at least one. Uh, darkness? No, yeah, I know oh, you're like darkness. It, it's never um, darkness, Doc. You keep saying it, it's always no. Um, 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 depression. No, um, here we go. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you that a half mark for that one because the first one is personal issues. Um, a, a depression kind of qualifies there. Then we've got street life, and I love this one, Doc. Acting tough. What about that one? <laughs> <laughs> acting tough. The miracles wandering around the world, acting tough. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, chow time, motherfuckers. Um, here we go. We've, how many we've got today? We've got, oh, we've only got three. Um, Doc, you said you were going to come back to us with the title of the Fantastic Plastic Machine track last time, and, and you said, no, do it next time. Any joy, Doc? Yeah. Oh, the good. Track, uh, the track is called There Must Be an Angel. cover of There Must Be an Angel Playing With My Heart by the Eurythmics. Oh, brilliant, yeah. And the, last five, confusion. and the last five minutes of it mutate into another song with the same tune where um, dear, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Laura Byrne um, starts cooing about um, contemplating and, and, and renovating and, and probably conservatories or something. Wow. Lorraine, Bowen. Lorraine Bowen, that's her name. There we go, Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so into your massive brain <laughs> at some point. So there we go, Doc. Yeah, you got it. Um, neither me nor the Doc could remember the name of the band who did a track called Valley of Dry Bones. Uh, they went by the moniker Sacrament and were active between 1989 and 1994, producing two albums along the way, Testimony of Apocalypse and Haunts of Violence. And here, for your listening pleasure, is a snippet of Valley of Dry Bones. Oh, my God. 
surprised me here, Doc, was, 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 was how thrashy it was. I expected it to be way more death. In my memory, it's like a full-on death track along the lines of, you know, a morbid angel kind of shit. But this is way more, way more thrashy. But, but, but there we go. That's uh, filled in the gaps. The memory cheats. The memory cheats, doesn't it? Um, I couldn't remember the name of Ridley Scott's fellow directoring, that's a word, Doc, directoring brother, who threw, who threw himself off a bridge in Los Angeles in the early 2010s. It was, of course, Tony Scott. I think we were banging on about him because of uh, the Crimson Tide lyric in Ser Serenity and Murder, a name which is shared by a film he directed. There we go, Doc. Do you want a topic? That would be great. Um, give me a number, please, sir, between 1 and 20. 19, please. Oh, God, I've got to scroll a long way, Doc. You're making me work here. Here we go. Um, how do you resist the urge to spoil later Slayer albums for yourself, Doc? How do you do it? I, I, don't, I couldn't do it. How do you do it? Um, this is a question that... I will have to answer by revealing more about me than about mm. anything to do with Slayer or anything else. That's all right, Doc, as long as you're comfortable. Um, I, I've, I've just got to confess to prejudice. Yeah. Um, it's no great difficulty for me to avoid spoiling myself for them because um, I'm completely prejudiced about the fact that I don't think they'll be very good. Ah, right. So, yeah, so you your kind of anticipation for them is low, so therefore there's no desire. That's right. I mean, as you know, I've been consistently surprised by how much better this album is than... Mm. Well, it's, it's the strangest thing. I must have heard it. And if I'd heard it, I can't understand why I didn't take to it. Mm. But there it was, stuck in my mind as not a very good album. And probably this is the, the, the origin of the prejudice, the, 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 the first of a sort of a, a, a long and uh, graceless uh, decline into irrelevancy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do spoilers in general trouble you, Doc? You know, mm -hmm. if we're talking about TV shows and movies and stuff, does that, does, does that stuff piss you off or no, not, not, even, not Not even slightly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, with a very few exceptions, I think you probably remember as well as I do. There was virtually like um, there was virtually like a, a, a blood oath or a yeah a, a blood oath of honour that you had to sort of agree to when you'd seen the usual suspects when that came, oh, yeah. when that first came out. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Who is Kaiser Soze? Anybody goes in there is not coming out alive. Five men must find a myth. Kaiser Soze! Before it destroys them all. I'm gonna finish this thing. He's here! Now it's payback! And like that, he's gone. The usual suspects rated R. Sure, and what's the... Uh... M. Night Sh Shyamalan film. Sixth Sense, that's another one, isn't it? Yeah. Cole, what's wrong? Don't move. Don't make a sound. I want to tell you my secret now. I see dead people. Ah! Do you ever feel the prickly things on the back of your neck? Yes. That's them. The Sixth Sense, rated PG-13, starts Friday, August 6th.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was considered very, very bad form to uh, reveal the ending of that to someone who hadn't seen it. Yeah. Um, I always wondered, uh, there's a great bit where um, in that film where um, Verbal Kimt, Kevin Spacey's character, is, is, is talking about the legend of Kaiser Soze. And mm-hmm. um, there's one bit where he, he, he almost borderline, like breaks the fourth wall. Um, and he's he's almost pointing directly at the camera, and he goes, "If you snitch, if you give away the secrets, Kaiser Soze will get you." Oh well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I never quite processed it that way, but that, that, that is interesting. Yeah, um, it, spoilers don't bother me either, Doc. I, I, I think if a story is good, then you know it, it's worth taking the journey, even even if you know the destination. You with well, me? I- yeah, um, I had this discussion not very recently, but within the last few years about, you know, someone who was a very different opinion to me, which, of course, they're entitled to and said, well, you know, if, if it's a detective story or something, um, if someone blew the ending, if someone like gave away who'd done it to me, it would really spoil it. And I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And if you're into detective fiction, and I am a bit, or spy fiction, the interesting things are being along for the ride where you're watching the crime being detected, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, unless you're some sort of the kind of right-wing fuckwit who reads detective drama or watches detective drama because they want to see people get their comeuppance. Mm. They want to see justice being done. Sure. Um, But, uh, I mean, if it's detective fiction or something, it's the process of... Um, searching for clues and talking to witnesses and finding out what happened and how, except of course that doesn't actually happen in modern detective drama, does it? In 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 modern detective drama, the detective just browbeats witnesses and jumps to conclusions and then has a flash of inspiration at the end and then someone confesses. I think that's the uh, influence of Twenty Four, you know, Doc. Um, I think it's the influence of Scandinavian detective uh, drama. Um, and Scandinavian detective drama, of course, is right-wing by definition because mm-hmm. it exists to prove that crime is the result of liberalism in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if Scandinavian countries were fascist and had secret police who watched everyone's activities all the time, then there wouldn't be murders. Mm. It, it, it's also just deathly dull, isn't it? This kind of Scandinoir obsession over the last five or ten years has, has, has left me mystified. I've tried two or three of them. Is it Hollander, I think, is one, and you've got um, the, the, the killing, I think. You're supposed to be depressed. What, what you're supposed to be left with, uh, you're, you're supposed to be left contemplating that liberal democracy and, well, no, social democracy um, and softness and benefits, this is what it's brought us to. Mm. That's what you're supposed to take away from it. Yeah, well, I, told, um, I just took away a sense of genuine, general ennui, unfortunately. Uh, well, I don't even want to say ennui. Uh, I, ennui. Ennui is to boredom what envy is to jealousy, and mm-hmm. ennui can actually have a productive outcome. Mm. Um, you know, if you're left meditating on, well, why was I bored? what does that say about my existential condition? Then it's done something positive. Mm-hmm. But just be boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, 
spending time with a bunch of characters that no one finds interesting, coming to a conclusion that isn't interesting through a story that isn't interesting. Mm. That doesn't even, you know, um, I've talked a lot about um, films I've been watching recently, such as Twanzy of Express. And the, they're full of ennui. I mean, no, nothing really happens. No, like, no great crisis in anyone's life gets solved. No crime gets solved. Um, but they're consistently interesting because they're about interesting people doing interesting things, mm. even if nothing gets resolved or explained. I think, but, I, I think in the last 10 years, the only two kind of bits of Scandinavian fiction that I've, like visual fiction that I've enjoyed would be, um, there's a film called Force Majeure. One, two, smile, good one. Um, which has a great setup where um, a family are on a skiing holiday in the Alps, I think. And there's a there's an avalanche, and the father's response is to grab his phone off the table and run away and leave the family, potentially in the path of the avalanche, and and then it's the repercussions from it. It's great. Um, yeah, because um, obviously um, that's the selfishness and self-servingness that um, social democracy uh, leads to. Um, yeah. You know, if he'd have brought, if he'd have been brought up in the old Viking ways, sure, um, he'd have protected the family, yes, rather than his Facebook account, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or you know, if um, if he'd have been brought up during World War Two, um, he'd have collaborated with the Nazis. Oh no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. no. Uh, that, I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? <laughs> no, no, certainly not at the moment, Doc. And um, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say he'd have collaborated with the Nazis. No. And um, the other one was called, I believe it's a, a film called The Hunted. Hvad er det der sket? Ja, det kan jeg ikke sige. Måske det bedste, at du tager fri på dag, ikke? så kan vi på det her på plads sådan stille og roligt. Uh, where a guy gets accused of being a pedof- kind of wrong- falsely accused of, uh, accused of being a pedophile, and then and then the like, the repercussions on his life. Pretty um, good duck. And don't tell me. Um, in the end, it turns out he actually was something even worse. I can't remember. I I, I, um, I, I, I don't enjoyed it, but I can't remember the uh, the denouement, as it were. Um, because I mean, um, obviously, no one is ever accused of a crime for no reason. Yeah, that's right, though. Um, if then, think... if, if in Scandinavian detective fiction, if they're not guilty of the thing that um, the the authoritarian detective accuses them of, they're guilty of something worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Doc, you're fine form tonight. You seem a bit bristly, and I like it. It's good fun. Um, should we move on to part two of the show? 
Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget, guys, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slytanicvercast at gmail.com. Let's get on with it. Welcome to part two of the show. Here we're just going to play through the track and stop it from time to time and have a chat about it. Today, we're listening to Mind Control, the last track. Can you believe that we're the last track already? This album seems to have gone by with staggering alacrity, to be honest with you. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so track 10, final track from Divine Intervention. Accelerator pedals down again, Doc. And as you can imagine, I'm pretty pleased. Well, even for me, and I've loved the last several tracks, but even for me, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really, really glad they sort of, and I hope it keeps it up until the end, I'm really glad they did this just this once on this album. Because mm-hmm. they were kind of threatening not to, weren't they? Well, just like a balls out thrasher. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because even the, tr- there have been fast tracks. Sex Murder Art is a fast song. But it's kind of the speed is 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 almost undercut in some ways by the technicality of that kind of what's the word the carcass word that that kind of descanted yeah anti melody that they're playing well, um, the ridiculous polyrhythms and yeah you got it SS three we talked about gets blazing fast by the end but certainly doesn't start that way it's a half the track slow and then half the track's fast but here it's just like balls to the wall we're gonna thrash your fucking faces off. Definitely. Yeah, here we go. I can't help but think of this track. Every time I listen to it, it's like it's spirit in black. Mark II, but it's, it's, like, it's like a sequel to Spirit in Black. That riff, that didn't, 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 it is so close to what they play on that Seasons in the Abyss track. Um, you know, you pick up a guitar and try and play it, Doc. Um, they're kindred spirits. They are so close to each other, and I love them both. Let's talk about this for a second, because it's, yeah. it's a subject I find really interesting. Do you demand 100% originality from every track that a band does? Because I don't. Oh, certainly not. I mean... If we take Slayer, um, two of Slayer's most famous tracks would have to be South of Heaven and Dead Skin Mask. And the riffs are, well, South of Heaven starts 
with the same first four or five notes as Detsky Masters on the guitar. the same sequence um but then in south of heaven it, 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 it's more prolonged whereas in, in detsky mass they, they loop back they just change the position slightly and loop it but it's the same thing yeah you know so they're kind of calling on themselves you can't plagiarize you can't plagiarize yourself can you doc i think there's a time factor involved i think if you do something that when you do something that has undoubtedly entered classic status I think it's kind of no longer yours anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think you can plagiarise. I think recalling your own past glories is definitely one kind of plagiarism. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, because the you that's writing now is not the you that wrote the track. So how about this? With my examples, so we've got, I'm saying that um, South of Heaven and Dead Skin Mask are very, very similar. Yeah. Um, and they're one album apart, you know, South of Heaven, obviously, and Desky Mask on Seasons. And then we've got Spirit in Black on Seasons, and then now Mind Control on the following album, Divine Intervention. So there's enough, enough time has not passed here, has it, for it to kind of develop into like the common metal community lexicon. That's right. I don't think either of those are cases of anything like plagiarism. I think it's revisiting a great idea to mine unmined potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you come up with a riff or an idea that's so good you not only didn't wear it out or use it up on the first time you played it you didn't even take it as far as you wanted to take it and I think it's completely risk. it's a bit like my thesis on um, remaking movies there's nothing wrong with remaking movies that wherein the original version either was very imperfect or just didn't mine out all of its own tap potential. Well, I mean, classic examples would be um, David Cronenberg did a version of The Fly, didn't he, like the 1950s film. He kind of updated that for the early 80s with great success. Dr. Seth Brundle's brilliant invention goes horribly wrong and two beings merge into one. The Fly, rated R, starts Friday, August 15th at theatres everywhere. Well, John Carpenter did the same thing with uh, The Thing from Outer Space, made The Thing. Its origin, Alien. Antarctica. Age unknown. Intent survival. Death 
destination, man. John Carpenter's The Thing, the ultimate in alien terror, rated R, starts Friday at a theater near you. Check newspapers for local listings. Yeah. So both of those films went as far as they could go in the very conservative eras that they were made. And then looking at those plots and those structures and how to do that again and being able to take advantage of new effects, new liberalities, um, new expectations, it makes perfect sense to go and revisit those things. And those are both really, really good examples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I think when you've come up with a collection of riffs and when you've come up with a collection of components for a song um, and you've used them once and you're perfectly happy with that, um, it's like if you make a Lego model and then sooner or later you break it up and return the Lego bricks um, there's nothing wrong with making that model again. You can no. do, there's, there's nothing in the rules of Lego that say you can't do that. Uh, I think as well, kind of Slayer's format, you know, where, where their tracks generally, take Rounding Blood out of the equation, their tracks generally are between three and five minutes. And, they, and they, you know, the, the songs evolve. There are, there are generally at least three, four, five plus riffs in each track yeah so it's not it's all of that that it's all of they're overusing the riff in the original track so why not just kind of go back and play that for her again and, and, and see what you come up with this time I've, I've got no problem with it doc at all i've got two comments to make the first one is once again going back to the first two albums we ended up i feel like we concluded a lot of songs by saying that had some really good bits in it, even if the song was imperfect. Yeah. How can they never reuse those bits again? Because they were great. Yeah. Um, point number two, since we listened to Spaceman 3 earlier on, mm. I remember an interview with um, the, like, one of, one, one of the three spacemen who's uh, <laughs> a gentleman. A gentleman whose mom calls him Peter Kemba, but uh, who calls himself Sonic Boom, which I think is great. <laughs> That's great. Sonic Boom. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, the interviewer said, uh, was, was talking to him about composing the album, and he said, well, um, uh, it was a long time before uh, I realised that um, I could write a song with um, <coughs> using more than just the one chord. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer said, what? So until then, you'd written, you, you'd write a whole song using just one chord. And he said, no, I wrote all my songs using just the one. <laughs> That's, really That's really good. Here we go, dude. Here we go, Doc. Let's press up. Oh, I'm going to skip back a bit because we've got a solo coming, Doc, and, and you know you're going to have to name it. So here we go. I do. Let's give you a fighting chance. did you hear i want to say that's jeff that is jeff doc yes you're right yeah you're right what are the telltales because i think there were a couple in there um bending yeah you got the long bends yeah Yeah. prolonged bending yeah Um, yeah that's what jeff was famous for wasn't it prolonged periods of bending yeah 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 it would have been even funnier if you'd been able to make that joke about Kerry, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's alive, talking about come and beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> he might come and do something else to you. He might do. He might, yeah, give, give, yeah, give him what we've talked about with him and Phil recently. Yeah. 
Um, that, uh, imagine like being at that smooth shaved head with the cable yeah. jam, you know, oh, in trouble, man. Um, uh, what else gave me a clue that it might have been um, the Hanuman? Um, there's a sequence of notes um, that have fairly reliably turned out to be an indicator for Jeff. Mm-hmm. And I bet you soon. I bet you Kerry will begin fooling me by using them himself, and it's mm. doodle doodle doodle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think it's the same as my second clue, really. You just worded it differently, which is... <laughs> I went doodle doodle doodle. You did that. <laughs> you made noises, but I'm going to use words. Those, those weren't words. <laughs> yeah. I hate to break this to you, but those weren't words. <laughs> um, so my words to explain it... It's a bit spooky, and it's Jeff that always brings a spook. Yeah. You know, Kerry's kind of balls out and, and full on, whereas when it gets a bit kind of haunting and, and, and weird and, and, and spooky, that's Jeff, man. I think. I think. I think it's a minus seventh, mate. Oh, I think well, it's a minus go. seventh. We'll never know. If only there was a way to find out. We'll never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only somewhere in the world... Um, somebody had the time and patience to like transcribe Slayer songs and I know, yeah, write them out, tabulate them, yeah, lazy bastards. Here we we go, let's press on. Well, I, if the first solo was um, Jeff making life easy for me, I, I, I need to say that's Kerry making life very easy for me. That was Kerry making life easy for you. And let me tell you, Doc, that is one of my favourite Slayer solos. That's a great the re- one. The reason is there's just that one squealing harmonic halfway through. Yeah. And, then he, and then he goes into that kind of discanting section. Boom, Doc, I'm all fucking... Do you want to hear it again? It's brilliant. It, it, it sounds perverted. There's no it, other way it, to it. It certainly does sound perverted. You're right. Yeah. just full blast it, this is Slayer t- ratcheting up the thrash factor we're a fucking thrash band we're gonna thrash your faces off you grunge fucking pussies definitely yeah 
I tell you what, Doc, we've got 47 seconds left. Should we just play it out? Because I'm I'm really, really enjoying this. Here we go. There we go, guys. That was uh, track 10, the final track from Divine Intervention. It's called Mind Control. Doc? I think you know what I think about that one. Uh, I mean, life just, just doesn't get much better than that, does it? Wow. It, 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 it's just a ball blazer, isn't it? We, we do, we're just going to pick a bag of guitars and play them as fast as possible. Um, we're going to chuck some melody in there. We're going to hit you with, with two super fucking cool solos. One a bit kind of weird and spooky and, and haunting. The other one just got evil and, and anti-melody with, with an epic squeal in the middle of it. Poor Bostoff is going fucking bonkers the whole time. And Tom's voice just fits the whole thing like a fucking glove, Doc. Like a fucking glove. What do you think, Doc? What? I kind of don't know what to say because, I mean, if you expect me to disagree with you or, mm. you know, sort of come at you with some counter accusations or, uh, I'm not sure about this, well, I disappoint you because I, I, I loved it at least as much as you did. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's, it's my classic defence. A whole album of stuff like that is a bit too much for me, but I would have been very, very disappointed if Slayer hadn't done it at least once on this album. And, and and the positioning on the album is great, isn't it? Because, you know, the track nine was 213, which is like a slow, groove-tastic mood piece, and then, and then kind of counterpointed by this, to, just to close it out. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so even though it's fast and even though it's aggressive, it doesn't let up on the evil, though, does it? Mm -hmm. No, you're right. It, it, it's mi minor as fuck, isn't it, all the way through? Yeah, it's, 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 it's still plenty evil, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we liked it, didn't we, Doc? Yeah, just yeah. There you go. That, 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 my friend, is how to close out an album, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Um, and very different to how they've closed out the last two albums. Um, I mean, obviously, Raining Blood, they finished with Raining Blood, which was an equal kind of thrash thrashathon. But if you think about South of Heaven... I think it's Spill the Blood, isn't it? Closes that, which is kind of a bit of a mood piece. And then, of course, Seasons in the Abyss closes with the title track, which again is a mood piece. Yes. They've, 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 they've had a change of heart here. No, we, 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 we're going to close out with a, with, with, the, with, a, with a wicked thrasher. The wicked thrashiest track on this particular album. Definitely. Yeah. I, maybe for one of the first times ever, I have absolutely nothing in the way of a controversial opinion about this song at all. Well, there we go, Doc. I, I, I presume that means it's time to move on. Yeah. Let's do that. Welcome to part three of the show, which we call... Evil Speed. 
<laughs> you done? Here, we read through and dissect the lyrics that Tom is generally... What's he doing, Doc? Generally barking in our general direction. That's it, you got it. Unknown are the caverns of the mind. New realms of affliction lurk inside. Unbound massive mental energy. Your last breaths taken from you easily. So it's called mind control. We've got a clue, maybe, as to what's happening here. What's your take here, Doc? Um, up until that last line, it's... Almost sounds like a sort of a, a, a meditation on, on on something quite spiritual, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. it's, it almost sounds like Buddhist, doesn't it? Yeah. If we try to bear in mind those first three lines and then include the last one, your last breaths taken from you easily. In a typical Slayer song, we'd be learning about how easily someone could take your life or some process could take your life. Mm -hmm. I think this is exactly the opposite. I think it's. Um, how willingly I'm, I'm going to stick with your theme of Buddhism how readily or maybe even with what gratification you will accept the liberation of death the word that, that stands out to me is your last breaths rather than your last thoughts based on the last on the first three words the first three lines I would have thought that the logical kind of co-location to it would be your last thoughts taken from you easily but 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 it is interesting they use that word breaths don't they so if we're taking uh, if we have like a protagonist if there's a protagonist here and they're taking control of somebody's mind why would they want to kill them that doesn't seem to make any sense to me because that, that's a bit like a like a parasite wants to keep the host alive because otherwise the parasite dies it seems to be like a, a similar problem um, on the strength of these first few lines, and my mind may change as yeah. we go through the song, I think you've misread the title slightly. I don't think it's about an external influence having control over your mind. I think it's about you having control of your own mind. Go on. Um, In what way, Doc? I think it's, it's, it's this Zen-like consciousness that death isn't something that's done to you. It's not a song about suicide. Um, it's a song about... Not so much willingly embracing death, but understanding being able to be the master of your own fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. um, and it embraces the concept of having no fear of death. Mm -hmm. But at this point in, and we'll, we'll, we'll stick to Zen consciousness for, consciousness for a while. Um, at this point in your path of enlightenment, even the idea of fear has no meaning. The idea of emotion has no meaning. Um, I don't even know where this sample comes from, but it's a sample that crops up all over metal, all over the place. It's death is not the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, death is not. Yeah, I, I, I think that's Dawn of the Dead, isn't it, Doc? I could be wrong. That's one for Chow next week. We'll yeah, see if yeah, we can yeah. Find out where that comes because I've, yeah. I've heard it sampled in about ten billion songs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I've got a sneaking suspicion that this track is about uh, depression. I think it's about being depressed, like a depressive state. 
and that's the control of the mind, the, like the mind being controlled by this kind of demon, this dark passenger, I think they call it in Dexter, um, of depression. That, that, that's my take at this point. I think we're on to another Slayer multifaceted narrative here. Yeah, it's possible. I think it's, I think it's multiple perspectives on the same subject. And can, can I demonstrate this with the next four lines? Is that well, right? please, but, 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 but I'm going to back up your thesis brief, briefly. I think it's possible that what you're saying is true because this is written by two people, not just one, the words. Yeah. So that, that, that you know, that kind of lends credence. Go on, Doc, hit us with the next four lines. Incoherence disrupts your rationale. Involuntary, your last confessional. No sense of being missing segments of time. Inconsistency is feeding on your mind. It's about a different person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The second verse is about a different person. Um, incoherence disrupts your rationale. That's almost a contradiction of um, unbound, massive mental energy. I'm still going down the depression route here. Yeah. Incoherence disrupts your rationale. So the, 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 the depression, if we think of the depression as like a, an external force, it, 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 you know, it, it, people that experience depression, which I have in my life, it's been diagnosed, um, it, it makes it difficult to think clearly, involuntary or last confessional. So this is almost saying, you know, it don't write the, 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 that's a suicide note, I think. And they had no choice. They've got to kill themselves. I've, um, got, I've got no objection to you considering the second verse as being about depression. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've got an internal contradiction within that second line you just quoted. Involuntary, your last confession. In Catholic dogma, the whole point of confession is that it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but, but I think for the depressive mind, you know, you kind of... I don't know, you're sitting next to the train tracks, you're three quarters of the way through a bottle of Jack Daniels, just trying to pluck up the courage to hurl yourself in front of the next train. You know, in that moment, it might, it might just feel involuntary. Um, You've got no choice. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I was supporting, I'm actually supporting your statement here. I think the second verse definitely is about depression. Yeah. Um, And you have this third line, no sense of, um, Slightly wonky English. It's no weird. Sense. It's weird English, isn't it? Yeah. Um, unless there's supposed to be a semicolon here, no sense of being. I think there should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. A semicolon makes it makes sense then. No sense of being. Semicolon missing yeah. segments of time. I agree, Doc. Yeah. Um, inconsistency is feeding on your mind, and a, 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 a bit of a fluff in the last line to uh, to round out the verse. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, no sense of being. And missing segments of time, uh, yeah, uh, that absolutely sounds like uh, a, an, an alcoholic depressive fugue. Yeah, well, you, you know, three, three, three quarters of the way through a bottle of Jack, you're going to miss some, you, you're going to have some little fucking blackout moments, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. Oh, the, 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 to me, that to me, that's what it is. Doc. But, but of course, as always, you know, I, I take your um, your guidance on board as well. Let, let me hit you with the next. Uh, Next eight lines, because it, it just cuts nicely together. Control, 
Mind control, pain unfolds, iron all your sensations, weakening, reasoning, mesmeric, full demolition, hypnotized, victimized, behold the threshold to the web, screaming souls, fear echoes, piercing boundaries of death. There's nothing here that, that, that I think disputes my thesis here, Doc. I think this is a third narrative. Um, Go on. And for convenience, um, this is what you just referred to as the, the, the external influence. Yeah. Um, it's the anthropomorphization of depression here. I own all your sensations. Mm -hmm. um, this, is, this, this is like the lyrical trick that Metallica did in Master of Puppets, isn't it? Where they, where they talk about like the dealer and the drug. Yes. As if, as if it were, a, well, no, the drug specifically, as if it were in it, like, a, like a, a, a corporeal entity with thought and intention. So we'll have a bit of a theological digression here. Go on, Doc. When religious people, and I mean properly religious people, not posers, um, not con men, when, when people who are just earnestly privately religious think about the devil or think about Satan, what do you think they think of? Um, this is something I've never, ever got once clear in my... And we, we, I'm going to have to digress a bit more here. Um, who do religious people think Satan is and who do they think he's working? Committed monotheists can't possibly countenance the idea of an evil God, an equal and opposite to God. Yes. That can't possibly exist. Um, it's, no problem for, it's, it's no problem for Hindus or any other polytheists. But if you believe in God as the Bible and the Quran and the Torah tell you you should, it's a fundamental blasphemy to countenance the idea of, for instance, an equal and opposite evil God. Mm -hmm. So when religious people think about Satan, what are they thinking of? Well, I mean, if they're, if, if they're creationists, I think they are thinking of the almost like cartoonish caricature figure that we, that, that we envisage as well. The difference is they think it's real. Do you think all religious people are... Do you think all religious people are that stupid? No, I, I don't think all religious people are, but, but, but I think the, the, the strata of religious people that you're referring to, unfortunately, I, th I think they are, Doc, yeah. I, I really do. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of this, I suspect, by the end of the song, because we normally do. I can't believe... And I, I'm just thinking now of common Muslims, like the kind that I work with, um, and I've worked with a lot, um, who are most certainly devout, most certainly observant. Um, the idea of... You can't even say they believe in what's in the Quran because the idea of, of believing or disbelieving um, isn't even, you know, it, it's, 
it's a fact. For those people, um, it's a fact, no different to gravity or entropy. Um, there's, a, there's a great line from uh, Deep Space Nine. Kira and Odo are having a conversation about religion. And, and Odo is confused by it. You know, he's not human. He doesn't understand anything to do with religion. He finds it hot or baffling. And, and Kira says to him, um, and he's questioning, why do you believe in the, in the prophets, as they're called in that show? Why do you believe in these things? And she says, for people without faith, no explanation is sufficient for people with faith. With faith, no explanation is necessary. I think it's a beautiful line, Doc. Yeah, um, I, I don't know whether this is where the writers of Star Trek got it from, but there's, there's a similar maxim in Zen Buddhism. And yeah. it's, um, if you're enlightened, it doesn't need to be explained. If you're mm. not enlightened, it cannot be explained. Well, it must be. Yeah, for, I mean, that, that must be the source, hasn't it? Um, well, it, I don't think it's completely out of the question that two world religions could arrive at a similar maxim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the the religions the Bajorans have is very clearly supposed to be Islam, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with the veneration of prophets and mm. um, also the fact that they're very, they're, they're very clearly supposed to be Palestinians in space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't help but imagine that the more sophisticated, more worldly... Um, and I'm even going to say in a non-pejorative sense, the more mundane, devoutly religious people, um, so the people who haven't completely given themselves over to silliness and who understand that, well, who understand what I think the more sophisticated realms of their religion would like them to understand. I don't even think about, I don't even think they think about Satan very much. I don't even think they think about the devil very much at all. Um, I think thinking about the devil too much is probably a pretty strong signifier that you're in one of the loopier arms of whatever religion. I mean, apart from one guy who clearly had his own mental health problems and had got in with some bad people and was headed very squarely down the route of radicalization, I've never met one Muslim who even talks about the devil or demons. Um, I mean, literally, apart from that one guy. Yeah. And if, it hadn't, and if it hadn't been for just that one guy, if you'd have asked me, does Islam have have any concept of of Satan or or, or the devil? I said, well, no, not that I've ever heard. Yeah, that's really interesting, Doc. Yeah, really, really interesting. Um, so, what we're talking about here is the devil, um, and just like you, you made reference to to the Metallica track, I think the most sensible religious people in the world conceive Satan as a spiritual force because they consider everything as a spiritual force, but one which manifests itself in wholly mundane ways. Mm-hmm. What's it, um, it like booze, fags, and drugs? Uh, booze, fag, uh, um, whores, video games. Yeah. Yeah. So do, um, Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Heretical yeah. literature. Yeah. Um, 
So effectively, for those people, God has 100% absolute control of the spiritual realm, and Satan or the devil is a thing that exists entirely in the mundane realm. And we know a specific system of thought that refers to this a lot, don't we? Well, this is, uh, I mean, surely this must be Gnostic dualism, wasn't it, Doc? <laughs> it is. It, 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 yeah, it, yeah. As above, so below. Come on, Doc, keep up. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, um, that there's um, there's Rex Mundi, the King of Heaven, and uh, uh, sorry, there's Rex Deus, um, the King in Heaven, mm-hmm. um, and there's Rex Mundi, the Lord of the World. Mm-hmm. There's a um, Rex Mundi that, that uh, has my Latin here. That's like King of King the of world. the Earth, isn't it? King yes. of the World. And what, and what was the other one? Um, Rex Deus. Oh, so, like the King of King of all gods, basically. God, God, oblique stroke King. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is clearly handed down from ancient Egyptian belief that um, a pharaoh was literally actually a god. It's good to see my my, my love of both uh, dinosaurs and the French language helping me do that translation on the fly. How about that? It's amazing how much a childhood interest in dinosaurs mm. um, can help you out a lot with basic latin yeah you're right man yeah mm-hmm. tyrannosaurus um, rex king king of the reptiles basically isn't it uh well uh, the the saurus is, is is definitely lizard or reptilian uh mm-hmm. the tyrannus is obviously also the, the the origin of where we get the word tyrant so yes it's a, it's a tyrant king of the reptiles we talk yes about, we? yeah brilliant yeah, yeah. Ah, god t-rex god bless you um, what was my favourite dinosaur name? Um, I uh, um, I just really love the name Deinonychus, mm. <laughs> um, which means terrible claw. I like that. That's great. Terrible claw. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the uh, transition from Diplodocus to Diplodocus. I I, I always enjoy that. See, like people's choice. Definitely. What are you going to call it? Like Diplodocus or Diplodocus? Like a Caribbean or Caribbean, you know, or Bodicea or Bodica, you know. Um, and I love how pop history and pop science go through these periods of insistence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, um, it's definitely, definitely Uranus, Doc. It is not Uranus. No giggling at the back, children. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I, I uh, there's a funny about this, which we'll get onto in another episode, uh, specifically about uh, Bodicea, um, because it's one of these bits of circular logic which I find absolutely hilarious. Um, let's carry on with the song. So, effectively... T- tomato, got... tomato. Come on, Doc. It's tomato. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> It's tomato. All right. Yeah. Um, it's not tomato. <laughs> um, or tomontula or anything. Yeah, yeah. All right, Doc. All right. I've touched the nerve. All right. Yeah, go on. Go on, Doc. Tomato. More lyrics. Come on. Tomato. Um, <laughs> Penetration of the window to your soul. Deterioration of the mind, no self-control. Temporary comprehend, no memories. Hollow carcass of a man is all I leave. 
We, we, we've got some terrible grammar again, but never mind. That's all right. Um, yeah, we've we've got ever such an odd mixed metaphor. Penetration of the window to your soul. So, window to your soul is um, is a the eyes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, apart from being a particularly disgusting sexual perversion. Wow. Oh, no, 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 fucking somebody's eye socket is 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 it's not on, Doc. It's just not on. It really isn't. No. Um, deterioration of the mind, no self-control. Um, and the the nasty little child in me just makes me want to think, Christ, you must have the crabs really bad if penetrating the window to your soul can cause deterioration of the mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that must be some poxy spunk you're... I was going to say, I was, I was say Doc, you, you, you're firing some proper... Toxic fucking sperm into somebody's fucking head cavity there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so in actual fact, mate, we've been completely wrong up yeah. until now. What this song is actually about is general paralysis of the insane um, caused by someone with syphilis jizzing into your eye sockets. Oh, fucking somebody's head through their eye yes. socket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And making you go mad because that, 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 that semen is so toxic. As a slayer don't normally go down the uh, like gore route, do they? But maybe they are here, you know. But maybe they're challenging aborted <laughs> <laughs> or gore rotted. Gore rotted, yeah, man. Be serious. Come on. All right, I'll try. Go on. Come on, Lequestens, be serious. Um, Come on. <clears throat> temporary comprehend no memories, hollow carcass of a man. Temporary comprehend. Um, it, However bad the grammar is, and maybe in context it makes sense, this is what I've always found to be one of the most horrifying aspects of Alzheimer's disease is the uh, uh, alleged moments of clarity. Yeah. I had an encounter with a woman with, um, with Alzheimer's, Dark. I was walking down, I was in Wolverhampton, and I was walking, I was walking to the cinema, down a very, very busy main road, and there was a woman probably in her 80s, in her dressing gown, um, standing at the side of the road. And for all the world, as I was approaching, from about 100 metres away, it looked like she was going to step into the road, step into the traffic. So I, I looked like I picked my pace up. What the fuck are you doing? Um, I got to her, and she, had, she fortunately she hadn't, um, and started speaking to her. And she thought that I was her son. Um and, and 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 the way she was talking was like I was her son from the 1960s, Doc. It was so fucking, it was so sad. I couldn't, I, I could not extract from her where she lived. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I was forced to call the ambulance, basically. I, I, I can't leave this woman here. I've got no choice. Um, I don't know where you live. I'm not going to walk away from you because if some weirdo comes along then you could be in a, a whole world of trouble um so i had to call the ambulance basically it's a really 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 difficult situation um listeners might think that mo is being about a bit hyperbolic here uh, like what kind of a person would take advantage of a clearly senile 80 year old woman um if you need to ask that question you haven't been to wolverhampton yeah. If you've been to Wolverhampton, you wouldn't have to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be from now our personal take on the. If you have faith, it doesn't need to be explained. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, yeah. If you've been um, to Wolverhampton, you understand. 
Yeah. 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 You're right, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, um, yeah. Go on, Doc. I went on a bit of a tangent there. That's all right. Um, and that's, that's the standout. Um, is that a throcky or a dactyl? Oh. A, a, um, a complete, immutable, particle statement in only two words. Well, dac- dact always suggests to me some kind of educational thing. Like if something is didactic, it is oh. educational, isn't it? So dact surely means something to do with like edu- or passing information. Well, considering what we were talking about a few minutes ago, um, dactyl is... Um, a- is it not a thing? Is, is, is it not the, the two oh, like primary a, digits? Like a pterodactyl, for example. Yeah, like a pterodactyl. Yes, um, the, those evil lizard birds that, 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 that teach us information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I think pterodactyl actually means finger wing because wow. the, the arm basically up to the, the, the two main digits is the first half of the wing. Mm. And the second half of the wing, I think, is an extended little finger. Yeah. They're evil fucking, evil fucking things, aren't they, man? Um, and there's one subspecies of, of, of the order Pterodactylus um, that also has a very favourite name of mine. It's Ramphorhynchus. I love it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, hollow carcass of a man is all I leave. And, and to me, again, this is... Uh, uh, it's depression, man. Again, that, that, that ties into my, into my thesis, I think. You know, I'm this kind of amorphous black cloud of fucking hate and depression that swoops into somebody's life without their want, without their willingness. And when I leave you, 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 you're just a husk, basically. Yeah, um, I mean, the we've been here in Slayer Lyrics before, haven't we? Um, this concept of what depression or insanity does to you is, is, is to turn you into a zombie more comprehensive mm. than actually being one of the living dead. Yeah. A fucking cheerful song, isn't it? Slayer exists, don't they, to, 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 to kind of point a fucking magnifying glass at the horrors of life, and, and that's what they're doing, isn't it, Doc? And, it, and, and that's why we're, we're, we're kind of feeling a bit grim, I suppose. Hit, hit, hit us with the last four lines, if you would, please, sir. Execution, but a thought in the end, slowly erasing your life and what has been. Passing victims in the land of secrecy, cerebral death can come to you in your dreams. Wow. I haven't got a fucking clue what this is about. Execution, but a thought in the end. Well, I think that's the guy three quarters of the way through his bottle of Jack by the side of the train track, you know, trying his best to kill himself. But he can't. Execution is just a thought. He, but he can't. He, he doesn't quite have the courage to do it. Right, so um, this, is, this is execution, meaning taking action, yeah, as opposed to exactly executing the action. Yes, that's it. You got it. Okay. Um, 
Slowly raising your life from what has been, I think that's pretty clear. Passing victims in the land of secrecy. Now that, no, I don't, I, I don't know, Doc. I don't know what that means. Um, so once again, we've, this, is not, this is not an accident. It can't be. Execution and passing are both words, each with two meanings, one of which means death. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, good point. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Execution um, is... A, a judicial murder, but also means taking an action. Mm-hmm. Passing um, would normally refer to a peaceful or otherwise unremarkable, but can also literally refer to walking past someone. Mm-hmm. Um, the land of secrecy, and if, it's, if I'm right about this, I think it's a rather beautiful um, autonomy. I think the land of secrecy is the state of depression. Um, You live in a secret world that resembles the world that the passing victims, the people who pass you by, it resembles the world that they live in. But it's got less colour and it's more threatening. It's also suggesting to me that I like the image you're painting here, Doc. So you, you're depressed. You're living in this secret world inside your head of, of kind of blackness and bile and hate. Well, it's monk, isn't it? It's what do you mean? It, it's 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 monk's painting, the screen. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, very 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 good. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, um, it resembles the world that other people can see, but the colours are wrong and the geometry is wrong. But but I think it's it, it, there's a, I think there's like an added layer of darkness here. So you're you're suffering depression. So you're you're in this land of secrecy of, of, of hate and bile and torment. And you're walking down the street, and, the, and, and li- quite literally, the people that you're passing by a good number of them are in the same state of fugue, basically. Yeah. We're all victims of this hidden, pernicious affliction. There is a a sociological cliche, which I first came across in the works of Ian Fleming, and it's it's, it's one line that stuck with me for a really long time. Um, And uh, he makes a reference to um, how spies prostitutes and homosexuals can always recognise each other. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, uh, I suppose, like gay people, you know, the, the phenomenon of the gaydar is, is like a known thing, isn't it? I reckon um, I, can, I, can spot a, I can spot a puffer from fucking 50 yards, Doc. I think gay men are a subset of general, of, of homosexuals. I think you have oh, done. Oh, oh, sorry, did you say homosexual? I, I apologise, I, I missed that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, I missed um, that, yeah. <laughs> spies, prostitutes and homosexuals. I'm sorry, Doc, I mean, uh, yeah, I missed the homo reference. Yeah, go on. In the Venn diagram of homosexuals and gay men, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's a pretty tight fucking unit, isn't it? <laughs> Spooks, tarts, and benders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it. I've caught up, Doc. Go on. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you are funny sometimes, Doc. <laughs> really good. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think that depressives can recognise each other? Um, 
to a certain extent, I think so. Um, because there's almost like a coded language, I suppose. Um, but it, 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 it depends how kind of open you want to be about it, I think. Um, I, I, think any, I think almost any subset of society kind of recognises the other amongst them. It's a bit like dogs, isn't it, I suppose? You know, like a, like a chihuahua knows it's a dog, but it also knows that a Great Dane is a dog, and how that makes any sense is fucking mysterious, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say that if I sniff someone else's balls or lick their anus, I can tell whether they're depressed. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. That's true. But, 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 you know, like a chihuahua can recognise a Great Dane from the other side of the street. Yes. Way before any kind of olfactory stuff can kick in. It knows that fucking thing over there that, by the way, looks nothing like me, is probably 500 times my body mass. <laughs> but, but, but we're still the same. We're still the, the same stuff, basically. I saw a fascinating documentary once about um, the, the, the body language of house cats um, and large wild cats, mm. um, and how many predatory behaviours, um, how much predatory body language and how much threat body language um, your little house cat gives off that absolutely is not evolved out of it. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we all know if you uh, if you die and you're in a house of three cats and they've got no way to get out, they're going to they really start. Do. They're going to start stripping your corpse before the uh, before the coroner arrives. You know, yeah, Ooh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything more to say about these lyrics, Doc? I think they're pretty good. I think I, I like them because they are actually, you know, for once on this album. Because, because I, think, I think the lyrics on this album have been have been pretty kind of root one. Some of them, some of them have been very very good. Uh, some have been terrible. But they've all been pretty kind of one note. Whereas actually, uh, maybe the first time I'd have to go back and listen to our analysis of the of the previous nine tracks. But you know, may, maybe Slayer have kind of recaptured the magic of writing lyrics that are quite quite good and but pretty enigmatic. Um, I think I made reference a couple of weeks ago to um, the bit in 24-Hour Party People where Martin Hannett instructs Stephen Morris to play um, faster but slower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Slayer lyrics, what I want them to be is worse but better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and I think this one captures that. I do. Yeah, um, I agree. I, 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 so we like the music, we like the words... Should we move on, Doc? I think we should. Welcome to part four of the show. Here we're just going to give our final thoughts and summations and discuss anything that we might have missed along the way. Before that, some details. Writing credits. Music by Messieurs um, Hanneman A. King. Lyrics by Messieurs Araya and King. According to the set list, they played this uh, 91 times, putting it in 65th position overall, just one behind two on three, by the way. First play, uh, the Cold Ballroom in IA. By the way, Doc, I did a bit of digging. That is confirmed uh -huh. as Iowa. Very good. There we go. So now we know. That was August the 5th, 1994. Last play, 
something called After Dark in Honolulu, very exotic, uh, April the 11th, 1995. According to Loudwire, here we go, they put it in 64th position. Here's what, here's what uh, our friend Joe DeVito says. Why wasn't this the album opener, he queries to begin with. It's got the familiar frenzied intensity Slayer had made their name on. And as Metal's popularity continued its downslide, it would have appeared that at least Slayer had yet to stray from the path. With Divine Intervention being a bit haphazard, slotting mind control last was a mistake. The listener was likely jaded by the time they got to this point on the record. I mean, just again, I don't know what the fuck this guy's problem is. What? Don't fucking tell me how I feel, motherfucker. What are you talking about? It's really annoying me, Doc. This is something he's done once or twice before, which is he's got no grounds... He's clearly got no grounds for criticising the song, so he's criticising the album placement, really. You know? Um, um, and, and, and then telling people what they should think they should based think. on that. Just, just terrible, terrible um, journalism, I, I, I would argue, Doc. Um, well, as, as a criticism, it's founded, on, it's, it's founded on a false premise as well. Um, everything he said is founded on the premise that the listener hasn't been enjoying the album very much. Well, it, it, it's founded on the, on the false premise that everybody agrees with, with his emotional response to the album. Yes. Yeah, which is, which is just invalid, isn't it? You know, um, you, you got a bit cross, I think, Doc, when, it, when, when I stated that his opinion was invalid. I stick with it, Doc. This guy's opinions are invalid. I know you don't like it, Doc, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a twat sometimes. Um, I mean, when people start basically saying... Um, if you agree with me, then you agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you agree with me, then you're right. Otherwise, you're not. It, it's, it's not so much... It's not even an opinion, is it? I mean, uh, saying, if you don't like chocolate mousse, then you don't like chocolate mousse. <laughs> if you don't like creme caramel, you don't like creme caramel. I, that, yeah. that's, that's not an opinion. No, <laughs> Doc, you make me chuckle. Uh, you're right. Uh, go on, the Doc. Final thoughts. What do you reckon? It's a great track. Mm. Um, it's not going to get a 10 out of 10 this week, merely because the track, through no fault of its own, is not an exemplar of the kind of track, Slayer track, that I like best. Sure. Whereas 213, for instance, very much is yeah. an exemplar of... and. Um, you see, folks, that's an opinion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you just did it. Um, you, you just showed Joe DeVito. I don't do like this kind of Slayer track as much as I like certain other kinds of Slayer track. Yeah. Do you understand? That's an opinion. <laughs> Very good, Doc. Yeah. Um, I think it's sensational. I think it's uh, just a, like, it, it's a proper like, power fucking ballsy move to drop this as the last track. Um, they, uh, I've got a wait, question for you. Oh, yeah, go on, Doc. Is this for the first time in quite a few albums? Is this Slayer setting up their next release? Because Slayer have done this before. Slayer mm. have set up their next release with the last track on their previous one. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, 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 actually, I think the answer to that question is no. Um, and the reason is, I think we're going to obviously we're going to move on to it, it, it'll, it'll be three weeks. It'll be three weeks from now, won't it? Um, a time of recording. Uh, 
Um, or no, at time of release of the of, of this episode, when we'll, we'll you know we'll because we're going to do album overview, and then we're going to do like the covers one, and then we're going to do your mystery album doc, which I'm very much looking forward to, mm. and then we'll finally then you know we'll we'll finally kind of move on to track one of Diablos in Musica. Now, I think Diablos is where we start to hear like, the influence of new metal in in Slayer. Um, so, um, I, I think that is then accentuated on the follow on the on the follow up. Uh, God hates us all. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, Doc. It's going to be interesting. Like, I, I I am pretty familiar with Diablos in, in as much as you start playing the track, I can I can kind of hum the rest of it. God hates us all. I think me and you are kind of walking into this almost, not quite, but almost from the same position. I probably, I reckon, in total, I've listened to the album ten times. I tell you what, it's going to be a bit disquieting for me to walk into a Slayer album without a, a firm guiding hand on my shoulder. Yeah, well, you, you're not going to get that with God Hates Us All. So we, 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 wow. we you know, we 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 we've kind of both gone in there. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of partially blind, and you're totally blind. You know. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Um, are, are you ready to pronounce, Doc? Of course I am. Yeah. Liquescent mm-hmm. swords, sir. Nine. Nine liquescent swords. Nine liquescent swords. I kind of um, guessed that, you know. I kind of guessed that. Dropped. The one has dropped just because I don't like this kind of Slayer song quite yeah. as much as I like the slow, moody, evil-sounding ones. Yeah, the groovy ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I totally understand it. I don't agree. I don't agree, Doc. But our disagreement is is only by virtue of one point, because, of course, inevitably, I'm giving this 10 out of 10. It's an absolute ball blazer. It's a thrash classic. Slayer, picking their guitars up and saying, Oi, motherfuckers, can you do this? Nah, didn't think so. It's fucking... Brilliant, Doc. Ooh, that's mind control. Um, absolutely remarkable. Um, any final thoughts, Doc, or should we close it out? I'm all done. I mean, it's we're, we're going to have a week to review, a, a whole episode to review the whole album again. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else I've got to say, including stuff about Dog's Balls uh, and Queen Bodicea, can wait until then. Good. Well, thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Listeners, um, if that doesn't keep you coming back for more, I've got no idea what will. Wow. What a what a teaser that is. Dogs, balls, and Queen Bodicea. Fucking hell. If you're not tuning in next time, there's something wrong with you. Join us next time, guys, when we'll be uh, doing the by now surely legendary um, album overview. I'm sure you agree. Uh, you're going to be there, brother. Of course I am. See you then, princess. Bye-bye, peanuts.